Howdy, y'all. Texas. TM. Okay. We're back at it. We got another one. This is with the Grupo Fantastica that is known as Banana Gun. Yeah, we talked to Nick, the main orchestrator of the group, and we've been listening to Banana Gun quite frequently. So it was cool to peer behind the curtain and ask questions about the funky tunes they've been putting out. Yeah, Banana Gun is from Melbourne, Australia. And I don't know if you know this, but there is a huge time difference between here, Austin, Texas, and Melbourne. So we had to clock in at like 11 o'clock p.m. our time so that we could talk to him at lunchtime for him. So what we're trying to say is Banana Gun is from the future. And in Melbourne, where there's an absurd amount of talent coming from a very small pool, Banana Gun is finding a way to stand out like a magnificent peacock among mere pigeons. (laughs) And also, if you're searching for Banana Gun, make sure that you search Banana Gun one word, because if you do two words, then it's a whole different band, and that's not the dudes that we're talking about or two. So just, you know, future for future reference here. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, my name's Shelby. His name's not important. And we are first names. Uh, it's a band. It's uh, it's a lifestyle. So um, check us out at First Names Music on our socials and the website. It's a shortcut to all the stuff. FirstNamesMusic.com Waterloo Records is a place of dancing, a place of song, a place to spend U.S. currency, and there's a lot of things to buy, mainly records, but there are other things. If you are in the market to buy said things, you can go to their website. You can order stuff to be delivered to your house. If you live in Austin or you like driving long distances, you can show up and do curbside. They do that now. So just check it out. And also, if you're at the website, it's a great website. It's not like a trash can fire of a website, like a particular drive-in movie theater, which will remain nameless, that I tried to buy tickets for the other day that said that there was tickets for The Princess Bride showing at 8.30. And then I click on it, and then it takes you to another thing where it says, psych! So (laughs) what I'm trying to say is just Waterloo Records is for champions. Next sponsor. Next sponsor, Monkey Nest Coffee. As you know big fan i was just there the other day i got me and the fam some uh some drinks and uh i went in full disclosure i didn't say i was part of the podcast but i did use the 10 percent off couch radio keyword and the barista knew what i was talking about so you know that feels like a big deal i don't did they like they just no didn't even bat an eye. They're just like, oh yeah, we get this like, all oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, they looked kind of like at their little computer thing, and they're like, oh, I know where that is. Very, that's beep, nice. Beep, boop, 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 bing, bong, ten percent off. Beep, yeah, yeah, that's felt that's good. Nice. That is. It cool. even said it on the little screen, Couch Radio Pod, because it didn't have the. Mm. There wasn't enough room on the screen yeah. for all the letters. Yeah, but I saw what they saw. If nothing else comes from this podcast. Josh is going to save like a ton of money on, you know, coffee, coffee and other caffeinated items. Yeah. So worth it. Yeah. They have some (laughs) other caffeinated items, caffeinated crullers, (laughs) caffeinated quiche. Yeah. (laughs) They like to inject it into everything. And honestly, that's the secret recipe. That's why it's so addicting. Yeah. Next time you're there, make sure you get the discount with couch radio, but also ask for their new and improved 
caffeine cube. <laughs> it's of the future. Uh, so anyways, without further ado, this was a fun podcast to do and a fun podcast to air, if that's what you do with podcasts. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs>
if you have a backup plan, then that's too much. You've wasted too much time on the backup plan. That's like the, that could be the make or break sort of thing with your music. You know, you can't really afford to have a backup plan. You've got to just be in it or not. I reckon. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Didn't uh, Banana Gun just start like in your bedroom, basically, with just just you, and then now it's kind of transformed over time. Yeah, well, Frank Cloud stopped playing, and but I just I kept on making songs and stuff. But I thought, you know, then I can't just keep making Frank Cloud sort of songs, so try and change it. But yeah, there was maybe a couple of years where I was kind of unemployed as a musician, you know, sort of a, out of a band. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just sort of slowly, I just felt like it would be best to just let it happen organically and not just um, start a band for the sake of it, you know. So I just kind of chilled for a couple of years, kept on working on songs and listened, like researching music and that sort of just... Uh, came came out as banana gun. So, but yeah, no, so no. I was always keen to have lots of percussion. That was the main. That was the the main thing really with banana gun. Because every time I recorded music, it always sounded good with heaps of overdubs and percussion. So I thought that's like the most important bit for me. So got to bring that on, make that, give it the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in like. I guess just now we're talking about the beginning of this specific project. Do you remember anything? Was it just like a very organic, like it just started getting traction or like, do you remember how it initially started getting traction and how that went? Was it just, you put it up on SoundCloud and it started getting picked up or what was the process like Um, for that? Well, I guess it's good having all the other friends that are, um, like having a good network of friends that are in bands t- took a fair, fair bit of that legwork out for us. But um, I guess I already established those sort of friendships with um, earlier. Right. So I just had a new band and um, just just sort of slip, hit the ground running, I guess, because we all already knew what we were doing. Right. Like already knew how the gigs how to get gigs and all that sort of stuff yeah 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 and like everybody else who's playing in it in banana gun everybody's from different projects too right so that just probably just spider webs out the connections right because everybody did something else um, not so much with banana gun um stella used to play bass but she was she's in parsnip uh-huh. um but it was kind of a bit a little bit i think it's it's pretty rare to have a band where they're only in one band, but Banana Gun's probably the main one. I mean, it's the only one I've been in where there's like, it's everybody's main band. Okay. I think that was kind of like, because I've been, I've played drums in other people's band and, you know, you always put your own project first. And it just gets a bit annoying when everyone's in like five bands trying to organize a time to practice. We can't play that show because my other band's playing the same night and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I wanted people that weren't, um, that could just be 100% in it and real enthusiastic about it and not have, have it to be a bit of a chore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that seems like the uh, kind of like the obvious con of everyone being so prolific is just schedule-wise and honestly just energy-wise, yeah. effort-wise. It's just, it seems like oh, you could probably... 
Yeah, yeah. It seems like you could get more out of it. I mean, it's good to like exercise all these different parts of you, but it's like you can get more out of it if everyone if everyone's 100% in or if everyone's putting this as like their top priority, then it seems like you're going to get the most out of it. How is that is that how it's felt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to have it. It's got to be a fun thing for people to, you know, like of course it's you got to sort of it's got to um satisfy people artistically and everything. But um, yeah, fun's like you can't have fun. It's like the last Beatles session or whatever. It could, you could be the best musicians in the world, but if you hate working together, then it's just dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, were you guys like friends before you got before you uh, became a band, or was it? Jimmy's my cousin that plays drums. So um, he's about four or five years younger than me, I think. Um. So we've known each other for ages, and Jack, that plays guitar, we grew up skateboarding together, and um, Charlotte was just, I didn't skate with her, but she's from Geelong, where Jack and I are from, um, and yeah, had known her for ages. I think I'd seen her at a few parties, and she was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really get yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't get along, um, but yeah. Then uh, um, and then Josh was just uh, he was from the opposite. He was from the other side. We were all from the east side of Melbourne, and he was from the the west side, or the other way around. And um, so he, I only met him like two years ago, but it was just seemed like it had to be because he kind of just came around to get weed off my housemate, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and he came into my room and was like, whoa. And oh, he was asking like, do you like this record? And I was like, look, it's right there on my floor. I was just, I've been listening to that all day. And we just had all these crazy, like, whoa, we've, we've got the exact same ideas about music and everything. Like we should definitely work on something together one day. And then, um, then when, uh, my bass player quit he was just the obvious obvious guy okay cool that's nice to have like uh yeah to have like a cohesive relationship before you even basically start or whatever that's pretty cool with it starting in your bedroom and you being like a multi-instrumentalist and doing all the parts yourself was it pretty i guess fluid just like everyone coming in and like showing them their part was that like uh did everyone just like gravitate towards that well because i did read that it was different on this new record as far as like the writing process goes is that correct yeah well that um i think that just got mistaken what i was trying to say uh i was trying to mean that like on the next record we want to write more as a as a whole band like the majority of the first album um it's all just, you know, it's been me in my bedroom, so doing all, like, every instrument and then teaching that to the band. But, you know, with plenty of room for them to, like, feel out improvements and not in, like, a Nazi way being like, you got to do it like this. But, yeah, it was just, it's not as fun because people have more fun when it's their bass line or their drum part that they've made up, and it's easier for me too. I don't have to... Like just makes everything so much faster, and the writing process too. As a band, as if you write at practice as a band, which we've done on a couple of tracks, it can just like you can just have it. It can come from an instant 
spontaneous jam instead of like laboring over it in your bedroom for ages and yeah yeah so this this first album is just um the, the majority is just kind of like my sort of ideas but now that i've got the good groovy band and everyone's got awesome taste and that'll that'll filter through more on the next record yeah what you know one of the benefits i think that like when i think about like writing something by yourself versus writing something with you know other people is that a lot of times like personally i'll go like ear blind to something where you work on it so much you're just like i don't even know if this sounds good at all anymore but when you're able to bounce ideas off other people then you can that you like trust their opinions i feel like that's just such a valuable tool i mean is that something that you've like come across absolutely yeah it's just there's just so many like it's funny too because you have to like kind of like give up your like control a little bit but also i think what you make up in in the giving up of some of the control is just like it's such a win i guess collaborating yeah for sure yeah like there's maybe like you've got if it's preconceived you've got like it'll be like this and it'll be awesome if we do it just like that but yeah you just gotta let um just be open-minded and there's been heaps of times when i've got a better well i've got an idea that i think we should do it that way but then you know you gotta let everybody have input so then um we do it someone else's way and it turns out a different way that i wouldn't have thought of like yeah you gotta yeah. many brains make my work yeah yeah uh it, yeah. it almost seems like just not right i guess to think that there's like a big ego problem in banana gun because you guys have such like a positive vibe about you guys it's just such like a fun loving energy so it it would be really weird to think that there was some you know some band strife going on and people being upset because it's such a positive you know it's such a positive energy you guys put out was that intentional from the beginning where you're like this is kind of like the way we want to be perceived or the message we want to send out um, yeah, well, I wanted to, I guess I was kind of thinking like, what do I think about music? Like, it should be fun, you know, it's like a, it's one of the few outlets that humans have. Um, yeah, it should be fun and like fun for us and fun for other people, you know, if, if you're having fun, then it translates. And also there was like so many, um, I was so in the habit of writing like negative songs because so much 60s music's about like oh my baby doesn't love me and all that sort of stuff like just complaining and being small you know yeah i wanted banana gun to be like oh who gives a shit let's have fun um but yeah there, there is like also um have like really clumsy attempts at trying to like say something articulate i guess we're trying to, yeah, you know, it should be rock and roll, should be against the man or whatever. I hate the man, so the man just gets in between me and everything I love, so that's, um, that's why Banana Gun is my weapon of choice. <laughs> Perfect, man. I, so I'm, I'm intrigued about like that. You, okay, so going from writing songs that are like mainly negative, it's just such, so easy to get into a hole like that. And I'm and I'm curious because sometimes I've thought the same thing when you sit down to write something and you don't want to spew something negative, but 
it almost feels like cheesy to just say like, man, everything's great. Like, do you struggle with that? Because I struggle with that. Yeah, I struggle with that big time. That's why you can't go like, I guess it's got to be, it's such a fine line because if you're going to say something positive, you need to, it needs to come from like a, a pure place, you know, you can't just be like, you can't just, if it's just like airhead, like everything's okay, you got to be like, um, I guess you need to experience really bad stuff to, to uh, appreciate really good stuff. And then, yeah, like I don't want to just be heaping, I don't want to, everyone's got sad stuff like breakups and their own shit going on, but like the world doesn't need to hear about my back pages of my diary. Like, <laughs> I'd rather um, just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I need, I need you to answer these questions just as much as you guys need them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's so easy to write negative and it's so popular to write negatively. And yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, the wiggles no. or something, if I'm trying to like, just, you know, just, you know, have a happy song. Yeah, yeah. I like stuff where there's like a Donovan song and it's just about like that one that's like, just talking about like, yeah, life can be pretty hard, but it's your choice if you want to be happy or not. Like make up your mind and be happy. Right. That's kind of. Who's some of your favorite like uh, like lyricists that you were like maybe drawn um, to, uh, you know, I guess from a younger age or, you know, maybe even like right now, but just someone who wrote lyrics that like spoke to you in a way? Oh, uh, so many and for different reasons, I guess. Um, I really, I, I like Sid Barrett's lyrics a lot mm-hmm. because it's, um, it's just real badass and in, it's not like copying anything else. It's just total, his expressions and, um, yeah, anything that sort of just cuts through and, and touches you, I guess, like, like, I like a lot of, I like John Lennon's real simple, honest lyrics. Yeah. And I like, um, I don't know about, yeah, it's kind of hard to think of on the spot. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a bad habit of putting people on the spot. I just didn't know if something <laughs> stuck out to you. Because like, I, I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't think a ton about lyrics. And then there's this band called Avid Brothers. Lyrically, I'm like, wow, this is like a whole new thing. This makes me like want to get good at writing lyrics. I don't know. So that's, sure. that's like people who just like stuck, stick out to me, you know? Yeah. I reckon um, I've kind of been getting more onto it because, you know, Bob Dylan or someone that just has total mastery over words uh-huh. you can listen to it and be like, whoa, he's saying some heavy shit, but I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you, you have this sense that like, there's something interesting going on, but you, you don't know what it means. Um, yeah, I've been trying to just, like, less is more with lyrics, I reckon. Like, even, like, um, James Brown sort of style. Like, he says, like, maybe eight words in the whole song, but that's all you need. Yeah. I think from something even... So from listening to Banana Gun, it seems like that would be, you know, especially poignant in a band like... Uh, you guys, because honestly, you're getting so much, um, just like the vibe of the music is so like 
kind of strong and it kind of like there might not even need to be any lyrics for me to be like oh i think i i get what is trying to be presented to me here you know like it's got a certain particular vibe and and everything kind of also with banana gum particularly to me just fits together really well like even the band name and like the art surrounding your stuff and everything like that is that something that you try to consciously do or is it just like oh it just kind of works because it's what we like and um well i guess I guess it was a conscious effort to be like, to have a strong vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and also just to do it all ourselves and not just, I've been in some terrible situations where you're just young and you get told to, oh, pay this person to make your, your artwork for you and you're like, all right, and you give them some money and it's just like, that doesn't reflect us at all I hate that right um, so and Jimmy's a good artist so um luckily it's like an in-house production line and yeah everybody's got to pull their part in the band <laughs> yeah I feel like that's such a value to have man Some like an inside you know because it's true we were just talking about this like if you go to an artist and you're like hey like we like what you do will you commission you know a piece for our single release or something like that and then i just feel like me personally i would probably be like man it's okay but it's not really what i was looking for and then you're kind of like stuck yeah. with that piece so like if you can control it i feel like that's so valuable you know if you have someone who can do it that's so cool yeah i guess that's where networking comes in too like i've got right. um we've got good friends that are take awesome photos and stuff like Jamie that did the um, sublation he's done the photos on a few of our releases and yeah that's usually our plan let's just get Jamie to take an awesome photo we'll yeah. control the control it from our end as much as possible you know like make it so you just look at the photo and then all you really need to do is put a border around it like think of a place that will look real cool and sort of looks right for the music and um yeah plan the photo shoot a bit i guess yeah dude i love like following uh sublation's instagram man it's awesome like just like all of his pictures are so good man that's so cool yeah yeah going back to you like saying your parents were really supportive of like music and uh you know being in previous bands and learning all these instruments how did you go about your first instrument like what was it how did you go about learning it what made you feel like you wanted to start playing an instrument because it seems like you play like a few instruments right you play like five or something yeah probably um yeah well i got it's funny because i gotta get there was always dad played in bands like he toured with the ramones and stuff when he was younger oh right um yeah and So he always had guitars and basses and stuff in the house. I played, I used to play uh, Hit the Road Jack, but like have the guitar on my lap, like a lap steel, and play it like this, like ding, 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 ding. Okay. Um, yeah, and I got, I, got a, I got a nylon string when I was maybe for my 10th or 11th birthday. And I remember I was like, oh, I wanted it to be like a skateboard or something like that. <laughs> I remember my sister being like, 
don't be so ungrateful, you little shit. Like, say thank you and everything. And um, I liked playing it. And then I got an electric guitar from from um, for my thirteenth birthday. I loved that. Loved playing like Blink One Eight Two and stuff like that on it. Yeah, <laughs> naturally for sure. Um, yeah, but then after I got just so obsessed with skateboarding for ages, and I remember Dad being like coming off and being like, oh, I remember when you were younger, you used to say you wanted to be in bands. I was like, no, not anymore. I want to be a skateboarder. (laughs) And then when I was like 16 or so, started hearing like nuggets and all that sort of 60s stuff. And then that was when I got back into the guitar and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and everything like that again. Yeah. It's cool, like all the music that surrounds skateboarding. I feel like that gets a lot of skateboarders to try music for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Or at least have good taste. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you ever do a skate video? Yeah. Did you make the music yeah, for your own skate video? No, we didn't. I want to do that, though. I still want to do that now. I've got a project in mind. But it's not going to be like progressive skateboarding. It's going to be like a, um, an art installation with skateboarding and music or something. <laughs> Dude, that sounds that sounds sweet. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. It's gonna be cool, like have people in big yellow big bird suits doing like Dogtown skateboarding, and we'll make the uh, we'll make the soundtrack for it. Well, I'm gonna pay money to see that. That yeah, sounds dude. that sounds awesome. Yeah. We watch skate videos yeah. growing up all the time. We we love the oh, yeah. yeah. So we I I know what you're talking about. We we he even introduced me to like the whole like. Dogtown and Z Boys, and then like when the then the movie came out and everything. But we watched like the documentary, and then we were out in our driveways, and we were from Indiana, which is just like kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so all we had was like a driveway, and we would just try to do like hippie hops and like see how many times we could spin and like put our hands down and do the slides and stuff, just like on the the videos. And yeah, dude, I still struggle to kickflip, but but we skated a lot. Yeah. There's not much else to do if you're not like if you come from a small town and you don't really get along with the jocks or anything like you don't want to do sport then surfing skateboarding and then if you don't do that if you don't do I don't know what the other kids do like maybe drama kids or something right <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta do something so <laughs> what's the deal with uh you know it's interesting talking to artists during this quarantine thing. It seems like some people, it seems like, I don't know, people are kind of thriving in it a little bit, you know, it's giving you some time and stuff. So, I mean, what have you been up to? Have you been uh, getting really creative, making some new music, like kind of feeling less guilty about locking yourself away and like, you know, working on stuff? Yeah. It's just been, um, I mean, before all this, I was just like struggling on like real low income and having to work maybe just two or three days a week. But now I don't have to work and I get more money off the government than I was making before. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute blessing for me and no one can come around and interrupt. Like you don't have the distraction of partying or anything like that. Right. I've just been, and there's a piano at this house where I moved in, so I've just been playing heaps of piano and drums, working on new tunes, listening to new music, yeah. 
Cool. It's, pr- it's not often that the whole world just pauses for you. Not often, yeah. Yeah, how are you? How are you like gearing up to? For the like release of the of this record coming out, I mean, are you hands on with that, or do you have other people handling that, or what's the what's the process like now in quarantine? Well, yeah, we've got anti fade and full time hobby like in Australia, and then full time hobby in Europe. Um, and we sort of we work pretty close with them. Generally, like we're just happy to do whatever they say with release dates, gotcha. stuff like that. Um. But wait, what was the question again? I was just curious, like, how hands-on you are with, like, you know, gearing up for releases and, like, you know, especially now when it's, like, normally you'd be like, okay, we're, we're going to go and play some gigs. we got to support this record and stuff. But now things are yeah. different. So I'm just wondering what, what the process is like. Yeah, well, that's... Any gigs is just totally out of the question. Right. I guess that's why, um... Yeah, we were kind of like, oh, we should... And I think because we were supposed to go to Europe in May to support the record and everything. Mm-hmm. So those guys were saying, um, the label over there was saying, because you're not going to be able to promote the tour on the road, promote the band on the road, the record, um, make some online, get some good online content going and stuff like that. Right. I guess that's all you can really do, just get some online clips and just work on music. That's all we can do until now, really. Like, yeah. All we can, the only uh, interactions can be like really online and stuff. It's whack. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Are you having any Zoom band practices or anything like that? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> I think that's like, would be pretty, pretty, um, pretty, pretty depressing. Like, yeah. pretty sad sight. Like, yeah. with all the lag and everything. Yeah. I couldn't hear anybody else, but, you know, did you? could you guys hear me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're supposed to come in on the two beat. I'm playing on the two beats, just the lag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so aside from the, uh, the tour promotion, like, you know, kind of getting canceled, not happening, I'm glad to hear that you're making the most out of this time with, uh, you know, the government cheese and being able to, work on your house piano and stuff. That sounds, that sounds awesome. I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, but we like to end this, uh, this episode with a couple songs that like you're into right now. And uh, I know you have a couple playlists on Spotify on banana guns profile. So feel free to pull from there or just anything you're currently listening to just whatever you would like to recommend to the people. At the moment, because it's coming into winter here and I'm just living in like a little sort of cottage in the woods. I've been really liking Jessica Pratt. Have you heard her? Mm-hmm. She's like an American folky. She's sort of loosely affiliated with um, Tim Presley and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay, right on. Yeah, we just talked to him the other day. That's, um, it's real like, sort of, it's a little bit, tw- it's pretty, um, no, I'm not going to, I'm only going to say it's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's pretty gentle. I'll say it's pretty gentle. Like, yeah, it's not psych rock or anything. Right. <laughs> Perfect cottage music. Yeah. Um, I've been liking a little bit of Burt Bacharach, into Afrobeat stuff. Um, much of the same, really. Yeah. Well, much, yeah. 
Well, I've been liking Italian stuff like Piero Umiliani and stuff like that. Oh, okay, cool. Italian okay. soundtrack. Right on, I'll yeah. have to look that stuff up. Um, I was going to ask can. earlier. And what? Can? Oh, can. Do you know Yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, you mentioned like Afrobeat and stuff, and I'm, you know, listening to your guys' music. You probably get asked this all the time, but is that... Is that stuff that you, you mean, like Afrobeat and like Bossa Nova and stuff like that? It just seems like, oh, these guys probably listen to like our crate digging for Brazilian obscure records and stuff like that. Is that something that you're like, that you, that you go for a lot? Guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I think it's sort of like there's heaps of good crossovers and um, amalgamations of... Um, I guess it all sort of starts with African slaves being in either like uh, if you put African slaves somewhere tropical, it comes out like awesome Brazilian. If you mix that with the Brazilian style, it, it turns into um, Tropicalia and Bossa Nova and stuff. And I guess yeah, I guess um, percussion is probably where it all. All comes down to percussion, and Africa is like the percussion uh, epicenter. So there's there's heaps of little common segues from Brazilian stuff to African stuff, and then uh, Cuban, African stuff, and then I just like the big uh, when it becomes like a concentrated thing, like Afrobeat. Even that's like um, if you're like we're an Afrobeat band, then I just don't like the kind of purist diehard mentality. I like it. I like all the little subgenres in between because there seems to be like more creation in that in those little realms. Yeah, in the gray area. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the gray area. Yeah, another extreme. Extremes are good too. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just want to listen to fully metal. I want metal right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I just want to listen to um, static. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn on Grandma's TV. We'll listen to some static. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Thanks for doing this. And uh, you know, I know we had some trouble the first time or whatever, but uh, thanks for thanks for getting on the line with us because this was really cool, and we we were glad that we got to pick your brain. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun talking. Fun to have some human interaction. Yeah, exactly. This is much needed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll see you around. Catch you later. See you in America. Okay, so as per usual, the podcast is brought to you by a myriad of oh gosh i'm just gonna i'm sorry the energy was slow <laughs> <laughs>